You're listening to Local Media This Week on Scariff Bay Community Radio. You're very, very welcome. My name is Jim Collins, and uh, this is our final program before Christmas. Anyway, you're all very welcome today. I'm delighted to be joined by our regular panel, John S. Kelly. John, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Jim. Pat O'Brien, Pat, uh, looking very well then coming up to Christmas. Uh, you're smiling. Yeah, grand, Jim, yeah. Thank you. And uh, David uh, Fleming, uh, <laughs> David newly appointed on the Board of Governors that we mentioned last week, uh, That's right. made the papers this week. So, David, you're very welcome. Thanks very much, Jim. So, we have a look today at uh, the media in Clare, the print media, and we have the Clare Champion, we have the Clare Echo, and we have the Clare County Express all of those papers so we're sitting here big table all spread out and everyone looking at different bits and pieces and there's a lot on the papers this week as there always is here in county clare uh looking at i suppose christmas is coming you think the politicians would be um taking it easy for christmas and not thinking about too much uh, of boring stuff uh, of politics only getting on with their uh with their preparations for Christmas, but um, they're really they're taking to the to the pages and uh, with stories and with polls and with Christmas greetings. So um, that's right, Jim. Well, I'll kick it off. Will I? Uh, y- y- Christmas. You'd think <laughs> Christmas is coming for them because they, they're really they're, they're, in both newspapers. There's a massive amount of of good wishes. Um, the, the, the biggest one is a single page uh, in the Clare Champion from the Green Party MEP for Munster, Grace O'Sullivan. A whole page. I don't know how much that costs. Mm-hmm. Contrast that with her colleague, Billy Kelleher, MEP. Uh, keeping Ireland at the heart of Europe is his byline, and it's a quarter of a page. So maybe Billy can't, or Fianna Fáil perhaps can't afford as much as the Green Party. But then we turn to the local politicians, and the local politicians uh, have clubbed together um, for the most part. There are one or two ex- exceptions. And uh, uh, on page 29, you'll see all the Fianna Fáil, has to be said, men. There's one woman amongst them, but... There, there's about 12 or 13 of them. Anyway, Fianna Fáil, the Republican Party, Merry Christmas and a Happy New, New Year from them. The, the, the Fine Gael uh, councillors are there too, Pat, aren't they? Page 27. Oh, page, I must say, page 27, yeah. a more attractive one-page ad there uh, from them. Happy Christmas and best wishes for 2022 from your, your Clare team. And Santa Claus makes a, um, an, an appearance, Pat. Oh yeah, they would beside Mary Howard. Mary's all out in her red, uh, her red Christmas uh, coat. Is, is Santa Claus a supporter of the Fine Gael party? Do you Maybe think? he's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's endorsing. He's endorsing this uh, message. But uh, but it comes amid um, a poll. Uh, which was conducted nationally um, and is reported on by Owen Ryan on page three of the Clare Champion. And uh, uh, the, t- the headline is, polls are, quote, very, very encouraging for Sinn Féin. Do you think they're very important, David? I, I, are they very important? I, I, think it, I think politicians, notwithstanding what they say, pay attention to them. 
And I think it gives journalists an awful lot to say. And I yeah. think it gives us, as a result, an awful lot to say. And it does. You know, a thousand people or two thousand people, I think it's a thousand people around every constituency are phoned. So it's, it's a sample and it's a rough. So if the trend continues yeah. and we face a general election in uh, two years, isn't it? It would I mean it's very early. As as one of the commentators here, I think Shane Tatley, Fina Falls councillor, it says it's far too early to be planning for a general election. He's probably right. Yeah. Um, but if an election was held tomorrow or would, or would, there, would the polls reflect the outcome? Quite quite they they can often be, get it right. Yeah. You know, it it does put Sinn Féin at 35% as the largest party in the country, with both Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael at 20% each. If you were a member of the government parties, I think you would be worried. You would. Yeah. The only thing is, you know, <laughs> comfort for the government parties is that the, the polls are generally right. Um, but they can, the polls and opinion can change as an election approaches. Yeah. So that, you know, maybe the very final polls before the last election were kind of getting it right, but the earlier polls certainly yeah. hadn't picked up at all yeah. on the big swing to Sinn Féin yeah. right around yeah. I mean, Sinn Féin hadn't even picked up on it. No, yeah. no. And this is the thing about polls. They, 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 they don't pick up on the campaign. And the, the way a campaign can change, can change political attitudes very quickly. See that in presidential elections all the time. Did any of you actually ever participate in a national poll? I have just, would you believe it, last Saturday uh, was phoned by Ipsos MRBI, however they got my number, I have no idea, but they did, and I was asked various questions. Mm. Not just about political things, but about the economy and all that. Yes, yes. Just, mm. There's just another um, related uh, one there on page four of the echo. A potential Joe show for Feingale, GE candidates, general election candidates by Park McMahon. Uh, approaches have been made to, at national level as Fingal begin their process of identifying suitable general election candidates. Senior TDs in the party have made contact with individuals they believe could help the party to win two seats in the constituency of, mm. of Clare. The Clerico has learned Connolly, Deputy Joe Carey, Fingal is, is the party's only TD in Clare, the former journalist minister Pat Bain losing his seat. Uh, I'd say that just sounds an old people as possible about going in the, for yeah. the next time around. Yeah. Um, Joe, yeah. Joe Cooney, as you mentioned, as, as, as a Joe Berti, so as everyone's a strong advocate, advocacy for Joe Cooney. For he, he topped the poll in the Killaloo Electrical yeah, area, area in uh, 2009, 2014 and 2019. So he's a strong contender, you'd say, Pat, yeah. would you? Well, I'd say there'd be, uh, there'd be a lot of fellas hoping he wouldn't go around East Clare anyway. Michael Mack. And, uh, He's a good But within Fine Gael there, you, you have one sitting deputy, which is Joe Carey, and then you have Senator Martin Conway. And do the national politicians have an advantage, do you think, over to get actually get onto the party ticket over, we'll say, councillors or even sort of interested individuals? I'd have, as much of the, the, normally, I'd say when the, when the election is, is held, uh, before, when they're selecting the candidates, they, they usually put on, the, the certain candidate is usually put on anyway. He's very yeah. automatic. Yeah. But I think also in, in most parties, the, the party leadership can impose yeah. a candidate, even yeah, if yeah. somebody doesn't make it at the, yeah. at the yeah, local yeah. level. Yeah. Anyway, but Joe says, speaking to the clerical, the Collins Middleman said, I haven't ruled out anything in or out. I'm... <laughs> 
I mean, I'm of the belief the government will be in place for some years to come. He said, no approaches will be made to me yet. That's and exactly what a politician would yeah. say, wouldn't yeah. it? I rule nothing we'll, in. Or we'll I have to talk to him ourselves. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Pat. And uh, Mary Howard is in the list as well, John. Why do you uh, actually put my name <laughs> Well, you're a, you're a great admirer of that. Well, she, she, she figures quite a lot on the <laughs> photography. You, 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 you pick her up in the newspapers a lot, yeah, don't you? Yeah. Mm. She, she topped the poll in the Ennis Municipal District. Yeah. So I suppose they look at these things, don't they, if they, if they top polls? They, 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 they cover all those but in various... Um, we're, we're reliably informed, Jim, that we will have a new Taoiseach this time next year if the programme for government... Um, uh, goes according to goes plan. Goes according to plan. The yeah. deal, the yes. deal, shall we say? So, that by no wonder they're thinking about elections. Maybe. By this day next year, Leo Varadkar will be back in the Taoiseach yeah. seat again. Yeah, back to the future. <laughs> okay, listen, we'll move on. Uh, we we'll 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 stay with politics, maybe. Except we, it won't be national politics. It's GA politics, oh. and uh, I see the the. It's covered in in the certainly in the Clare Echo and the Clare Champion. I think maybe the other, uh, the County Express was was out possibly before it, but uh, in in the uh, Kieran Keating, the, he's the newly elected chairman. Uh, he beat Jack Chaplin in a vote at the AGM at the Auburn Lodge during the week. So, um, uh, Jim, tell me this: uh, Jack Jack Chaplin, 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 yes, was the uh, sitting. Chair, he yeah. was, and uh, it's unusual to have an, uh, uh, to have a sitting chair opposed after sh such a short period of time, isn't it? I, it is, it is really, and normally the the sitting chair would would get a few years in yeah. the job. And is there something behind and this? Well, I don't think it's necessarily any reflection on Jack Chaplin. Yeah, uh, as and as far as I can see. That uh, uh, we'll say a new movement seems to be spreading through Clare GA. Um, Pat O'Brien would be maybe more uh, closer to the ground than I would. You're going to be sorry for Jack, uh, really, because he came in last year and in the middle of COVID. Yeah. And uh, you know the uh, money and everything was was gone really down, and the, the, you know there was no income, and there was a lot of hassle early in the year about various. Um, um, uh, committees just raising money, uh, you know, the supporters clubs and that. And there was a lot of that going on during the year and there was a lot of, uh, of stuff being thrown across from one to another and he was came in as chair and um, he seemed to have stabilised the thing a, a lot and, and, and there was a lot of work, a good work and I think they ended up with um, uh, 240,000 uh, of a surplus after Really? After, year. Yeah. after what you said? Yeah. Well, that's uh, extraordinary. Yeah, two hundred twenty-five thousand. Two hundred twenty-five thousand. Yeah, of a surplus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so I would say it was. It would be wider than that, though. The difficulties, as in, you know, we'll say during the the year when the new committee was voted on, uh, when, when in the lead up to that, you know, people were saying that, uh, people were saying that this will say we weren't preparing our teams as well as we should. We were generally slipping back. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, that that all came about in the springtime and Jack was only just in the door at that stage. So it wasn't really, you know, landed at Jack's door. Mm -hmm. uh, all the problems that we're having was maybe more the county board over the last number of years. So, so was this really a reaction to the 
county board as we have known it over the last few years that well, they really wanted to bring in a whole new different team really yeah. What, yeah. what really happened was the uh, Airog last year put in a motion and uh, to set up a strategic committee to examine uh, uh, clear GA from top to bottom so that they, they brought in so many CEOs of different companies of well, there were all clear people who are CEOs yes. of, of, of various companies and they, they came together and they done a huge amount of work and they, they produced a report called Saffron and Blue Plan yeah, yeah, it? it's, yeah. a, it's on, ta- on the table now it's it on the table report? yeah it's on the table and it's, it's been uh, gone, gone up to Crow Park and as far as I'm so as far as we, we know in Crow Park have, have uh, overstamped it, it is okay. uh, have you any idea what's in it well the, 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 the proposing that a new CEO be be um, appointed. Be appointed, and a new marketing manager. Pa- paid paid officer. Yeah, they are the two big. They are the two big mm. ones. I'd say. Uh, and the person elected, Kieran Keating, was a member of this panel uh, yeah. who pr- who who authored saf- this saffron and blue implementation plan, or the or the document that you've referred to. So it seems as if they 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 want that the delegates to the to the Congress want to see this plan implemented and voted for people who were part of this initiative. It, it goes into all the detail as to who was... I mean, it is amazing that you have elections like this. It was seemingly hotly contested. Now, not everybody uh, that, I suppose, backed well, the plan. I mean, the, the one officer kept his place. Isn't that right, Pat? Yeah. Um, the, yeah well, the secretary is there until, yeah. until next year, so... Uh, we, we the the vice chairman here it says but Owen Byrne, the vice the vacant vice chairman's position was shaded by outgoing PRO Michael O'Connor, Michael, Michael O'Connor. who held off the challenge of Aero Oaks Paddy Smith by ninety four votes to eighty two I mean yeah. it was very close mm. mm-hmm. and then you had a new treasurer uh, uh, the treasurer stepped down as well um, Michael Gallagher he was there four years so he stepped back and uh, the new treasurer the lady she's from um, Kilmore Brickin but the, if it, the people reading this article will get a sense of the infighting. That was going on because Mr. Um, the Treasurer, Mr. Uh, what's his name? Gallagher, Michael Gallagher. Yeah. Michael Gallagher, in his report, went into a lot of detail, and which is reported by Owen Brennan, which just shows you the the well, lack of trust. I think is what you'd say between uh, the outgoing, particular members of the GA. Was the outgoing tre- Treasurer um, um, allowing his name to go forward? Mm. W- was initially, but then uh, as oh, yeah. stood down mm. and was, allowed, without so a contest. It's the first time then uh, we've had a lady uh, in charge of the Treasury. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. That's um, good. So well, Michael, Michael got out there for four years and he had a bit of controversy over uh, the supporters club selling tickets outside Chusick Park, I think. And, uh, he didn't want them there because there was uh, another... Uh, Another, um, the banner were holding a, a flag there inside, and then you have to buy a program and you have to pay going in. He said, You have to put your hand in your, in your, in your pocket four, four times. <laughs> yes. So he, he had he a point? He got it. Well, he I got think it. he probably had a point. Yeah, and he, he, man, he maintained that people were, were very pushy. And it was, well, I heard Robert Fast saying it as well. No, Robert was at a meeting and he was saying it. He said that, that he, he had a lot of tickets bought because he, he was trying to get fellas were saying, oh, you, you don't want to support the hurdle and, uh, and come on and, and he, 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 he gave a few different... But it has been an issue over the last number of years, like the supporters club raising money uh, to help the, the, the teams. 
and yeah, outside. and outside of the county board, mm-hmm. and, yes. and you know, I think Croke Park are, in, are anxious that yeah. it be part of the county board. That yeah. that, that there aren't two sort of bank accounts or there yes. aren't two yes. pots of money. It's a it's a it's a directive from Croke Park now that all all our supporters' clubs' money must come under the under the under the auspices of the, 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 mm. the county treasurer. Okay. Mm. Anyway, we'll we'll see how things are going because um the, you know the the new well, board will be up and running and they're meeting again next week. Kevin Keaton, uh, we say last year he was vice chairman and he he was appointed by the board. He, he had to have somebody from the board on the strategic committee, so he was he was yeah. appointed. So he was on the he was on the uh, representing the board on the strategic committee. So I suppose yeah. he he why he went he said he wanted to make sure that it was established and that uh, this what was, was decided would would be would be would be carried out. Okay, I'm looking at page eleven of the Clare Champion and a story by Jessica Quinn, and quite an amusing headline: pet crematorium put on the back burner after planning objection. And I suppose, uh, well, to my mind, maybe there's two stories in this. One is the idea of a pet crematorium, and I'd be interested in your views on that. Well, that's that's not un- uncommon in America. Um, possibly not, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, and the other thing is the, the, the whole the reason why it's uh, after planning objection and, you know, the source of the planning objection. But, um, yeah, John, what do you, you think about a pet crematorium? Well, I mean, like yourself, when I read the article, um, a report on it, uh, I said, um, mm, it's inevitable, hmm. do you know, that there'll be a reaction. Um, I, why? I should say it's inevitable. Well, people are very, very attached to their dogs, nearly nearly akin to a human attachment yeah. well, some, some people yeah particularly people who live alone yes yes i mean the the dog is their only source of company and often they'll talk to the dog and uh, or yeah. the cat or whatever pet they yes. might have yeah the, white, um, the husband <laughs> and avoid the husband exactly <laughs> but the dog the dog don't doesn't answer back <laughs> I, I, I have a dog i go, we go off walking and he i, I talked to him an awful lot today about i was walking was good <laughs> so Pat, when the inevitable time comes, and I have a dog too, um, what 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 happens to him? I, I don't know. <laughs> I doesn't want to think about it. But tell I me, think, is it is it I legal? Th- I think he'll be to which he'll be down the back garden. But, yes. that, but that's it. You see, is it is it legal to bury uh, your dog or your cat? In uh, your back garden. In your back garden. I, I it's a good question. You, you can't bury any member of the family in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's but farmers, I, a, a lot of people come around this table come from an agricultural background. And in the past, an, when an animal died in a farm, a hole would be dug somewhere on the farm, yeah. allocated for that purpose. Mm. Mm. You know, this is where all the animals would go, the dead animals, and, and they'd be putting there. But, of course, the law changed, and probably rightly so, because... No, you can't. I mean, uh, back in the 1890s, there was a huge problem in Clonmore with poisoned animals being left on the, the surface of the field and then uh, later, next day, buried. Yeah. And uh, there was law. And, mm. and the potential to contaminate the yeah. the, the, the water supply, yeah. but it's a good question, Jim. I I don't. Um, I, I would, don't you support, would you support? Would you support uh, the idea of a, a cat uh, cremat or not a dog or cat crematorium? A pet crematorium. A pet well, crematorium. I wouldn't oppose it. Uh, yeah. No, but yeah. I think one should have the option of burying your favourite cat in your back 
lawn as well. Mm. Famously in Portumna, in the castle at Portumna, there's a little plaque on the on the on the a wall outside yes. the front door, which is uh, to the memory of of a, of a particular loved pet. Yes, and uh, qu- quite a nice inscription on this plaque in the, from the 18th century. Yeah. And when they were doing archaeological works, they found the pet buried right there at the base of the plaque. And you can see the pet now in the castle. I think they might probably should have reburied it. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like I think in a, in a town uh, where where you mightn't have a back garden, or if you're living in an apartment or someplace, yeah. what are you supposed to do? Mm. Um, so the crematorium for some will be the only. Option. It would be. Yes. That's a very good. Yeah. Point. It's out near um, Crossnahona, out on the, the Gaunt Road. So the 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 the, the object is saying that it's too, too close to this. Um, uh, building the objector now where, where uh, with from? all due respect the objector is a, a Mr. Uh, uh, Don Weldon yeah. and he's a, a resident of County, County Mead, Mead. Yeah. Mm. and now I'm not suggesting he doesn't have the perfect right to object <laughs> what are you actually <laughs> <laughs> but what in the name of God has it got to do with someone in County Mead yeah, well, yeah. A, a crematorium for pets yeah. in Ennis he yeah. may well own property he might not live in the county but he might own property nearby maybe well, maybe that's uh-huh. possible well, well Jim, we, Jim we, we, we go back along over the last year and we have we have we had objectors to various things here and I suppose he's he's another one of those serial objectors that likes to object. Well, are we certain now about that? <laughs> well, <laughs> because Mr. Weldon might be writing might. to you, <laughs> 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 objecting to you. <laughs> I'd be thinking he could turn up somewhere else again. Objections. Well, then we'll see. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. then we'll see. But obviously, if the objection has been upheld, there must be some basis for that objection. Uh, the council would have to. Well, it hasn't been upheld yet. It's just. It's oh, is it? It it's just under consideration, is yes, it? Yes, and it has to go to on board planar. Oh, uh, yes. Okay. So we'll we'll see how it goes. Watch the space. Watch exactly. Watch this space. Okay. We'll we'll move on. Shannon, Shannon Airport, and we've often discussed Shannon Airport before. It's on the front page of both papers, I'd say both the, the Clare Echo and the Clare Champion. It's not on the Clare Echo, Jim. No, it's not. It's in the. It's inside. It's the inside. Yeah. 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 Page four of the of the Clare yeah. Echo, and I think it does make the front page, doesn't it? Of it does. The, of the Champion. Champion. Christmas yeah. bonus to support lift off at Shannon. That's on the. Clare well, you were Champion. always. You've always been looking for extra money, and you were giving out a few months ago about that the government weren't giving Shannon enough, and now here you're told ten million funding for Shannon Airport. Are you happy now? Wait a minute, when you say a ye, Abby, <laughs> yes. I, I, I thought this because was a... you're always giving out Cork, about... I thought this was a team effort. As far as I know, Cork got some money as well, so... It, a it, little more, actually, actually Cork got more than Shannon. more, but sure... Oh, got more. Yeah, sure, yeah. That's very justifiable. <laughs> <laughs> but but poor old Knock, it says here, Porrick McMahon's piece in The Champion, Knock only got 6.5 million. Now, Shannon in total got 23.6 million in capital funding yeah um dublin airport obviously got the most 97 million cork airport uh, uh, 25 million knock six Kerry five and donegal that i hadn't realized had an airport at all 1.6 million hmm. yeah now do you have any problem with that no absolutely no problem i'm just saying no you should acknowledge that the government our government has um 
has contributed and has listened, obviously listened to the voice of the, of of the people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of local media this week. Yeah. <laughs> But what are they going to do with it? It's, it's capital, so Doesn't presumably it's the terminal physical. building and all, and, yeah. and all of that. We know that Cork has got a new runway. Um, so, I mean, does it actually do much for the airport in terms of rejuvenating business would be the question I would have. Well, we ha we'll have to wait and see what the proposal Yeah. And propose expenditures. Yeah. Did I not read Maybe. somewhere that, you know, they were going to use the money to actually generate business? Um, That'll be marketing that then, is it? Yeah. But is that capital? You see, it's yeah, it's strange. Um, yeah, I, I just seem to have read today yeah. somewhere in, yeah. in one of those papers that it, that it was going to be used uh, to help, uh, you know, generate business and... Increase yeah. the, the passenger flow through the airport. One of the things, um, Jim, though, unfortunately, is they won't be able to promote flights to Philadelphia because no. there is another piece, um, if we can find it now. Uh, it's, it's in the second page of the Champion. Dale. Second page of the Champion by... Uh, who's it? Uh, it's in the Shannon. It's in the Shannon News as well. Yeah, you have it there, in Pat. The, in the echo. Yeah, Shannon to Philadelphia service powers due to American Airlines reduction. Uh, American Airlines will uh, partly has it here and uh, partly put my hand on the on page, page 20, 20 of yeah. the Perico, yeah. American Airlines will not be running its service from Phil Shannon to Philadelphia this summer. Boeing's, Boeing's delays delivering new 787 Dreamliners have been have led to American Airlines having to reduce its amount of international flights next summer. And the Shannon Airport to Philadelphia service is among those impacted. The presence of Boeing 787 Dreamliner was set to mark the first time an airline used the aircraft en route to North America from Shannon. A draft internal memo has revealed that American Airlines will not be flying to Shannon, Hong Kong or Edinburgh or Shannon in, in, two, in 2022 and will reduce flights to Beijing, Shanghai and Sydney. Boeing has delayed the delivery of its popular wide-body 787 Dreamliner to, to carriers for over a year as it grapples with manufacturing problems. So I suppose it's, it's, the, the, it's Boeing's, uh, the problem is with Boeing in, in, yeah. the, in, the, yes. in the planes. Yeah, the the seven three seven Max seems to they they seem to have got over that to at least that they're producing them. Again. That was the plane that crashed. That, or crashed. that there were issues. That yeah. yeah, yeah. So this Dreamliner thing is 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 one of the biggest aircraft, isn't it? Around, yeah. Uh, the airports say that they're looking to get it back for twenty twenty three, but um, it it's a it's a kind of another setback, isn't it? Um, but I suppose yeah. if You'll go to Aer Lingus or you'll go to the uh, another airline flying from Shannon if you need to get to America. You can't get to Philadelphia. Well, you, can, you can still go to Philadelphia and you can take off from Shannon to, to Heathrow and go from Heathrow. Yeah. I think that's a different way of doing it. John, the Christmas spirit has hit you. Well, reading an article on the Clare Echo by Ronan Scully in his thought for the week, I thought it was absolutely beautiful. Because, <coughs> because we've all been in the supermarkets, haven't we, in the last while, and queuing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Page 22. Of yeah. The, echo, yeah. The, rattle, the rattle of papers around the table. Yeah. Yes. And queuing. Do you know? Yes. And this, Ronan picks up on an experience that he observed, and he has it in thought for the week. As the Christmas music played in the store's stereo system, the girl hummed along off-key but happily. 
When we finally approached the checkout register, the girl carefully placed the shoes on the counter. She treated them as though they were a treasure. The clerk rang up the bill. That'll be six pound, six euro and nine cents, she said. The boy, who was with her, six years of age, laid his coins atop the stand. And it only came to three euro, twelve cent. I guess we'll have to put them back, he bravely said. And we'll come back to some other day, maybe tomorrow. And with that statement, a soft sob broke from the little girl. But Jesus would have loved those shoes, she cried. Well, we'll go home and work some more. Don't cry. We'll come back, the boy said. Quickly, I handed three euro to the cashier. Those children had waited in the line for a long time, and after all, it was Christmas. And suddenly, a pair of arms came around me, and a small voice said, Thank you, kind sir. What did you mean when you said Jesus would like the shoes? I asked. The boy answered, Our mummy is sick and going to heaven. Daddy said she might go before Christmas to be with Jesus. The girl spoke. My school teacher said the streets in heaven are shiny gold, just like these shoes. Won't mummy be beautiful walking on those streets to match these shoes? My eyes flooded as I looked into her tear into her tear streaked streaked face. Yes, I answered. I am sure she will. Silently I thank God for using these children to remind me of the true spirit of giving. Tis the season, remember, that it's better to give than receive. Now I thought that cap- captured didn't it? Uh, yeah, lovely piece. I did yeah, lovely piece John, yeah. A mood. Mm-hmm. And you will probably you know, be on the lookout for No. Somebody's phone going off. It's not mine anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lovely yeah. piece, John. Lovely piece. Okay. Um we'll nearly at the halfway stage. So Pat O'Brien usually has a piece of music up his sleeve for us. So Pat, what are you going to do with for us today, yeah, I was on Sunday night. I was watching um, um, on TGK. There was a program about uh, Lee Mogoflin and um, they were on it. And um, we, I just picked out a, a, a tune from them, Tour Dum the Love. So, we'll lovely, we we'll it from Plankstein. So, Plankstein and Tour Dum the Love, enjoy. <laughs> very welcome back to local media this week here on Scarif Bay Community Radio. Hope you enjoyed Planksty and Liam O'Goflynn and that uh, was Pat's choice there. Uh, talk about music, Pat, uh, since we were talking about it. Uh, I see in the Clare Echo there a suggestion yeah. that uh, Clare should be branded as the home of music. Yeah, just on, the, on page 10 of the Clare Echo, Parliament McMahon has the story there. Uh, Market Clare as a home of trad music. 
Brandon Clare, the home of traditional music and dance, can draw extra visitors to the county. A local representative has confirmed Clare County Council have been urged to examine the, the, the options for possible brands at various access points to the county. In a proposal lodged uh, before the local authority by Councillor Pat McMahon, Fianna Fáil, Acting Head of Tourism Council, Deidre Roche, outlined that the council presently is involved with positive destination brands such as the Wild Atlantic Way, Ireland's Hidden Heartlands, Shannon Estuary Way and Lockyer Blue Way, the Bourne and Cliffsamoha UNESCO Global Geoparks, as well as the incoming Bourne Discovery Trail. All these, she ex- explained, encourage visitors to stay longer and engage more with, lo- with regions offering benefits such as local communities and businesses, drive sustainable tourism and give locals a sense of pride of place. I suppose this is another another um, way maybe of bringing people into the country, but I suppose, uh, I don't know, it doesn't mm. people, I think people associate clear with traditional music anyway, so you know, yeah. there's a lot of... And it is, tra- yeah. it is certainly one of the homes of traditional, traditional music. music. Yeah. Mm. Okay, one of our local councillors, uh, Pat Burke from Whitegate, and Pat has a piece there in the feature section, page 23, of the Clare Echo. And uh, Ash Dieback, a virus nearly worse than COVID, says Pat. Serious and one, that. It is. It is, really. Yeah, it yeah. is a huge... Um, Ash Dieback, of course, people will be familiar with it. This is the disease, and if you want to know... Well, I, I, I'll ask <coughs> the three gentlemen in front of me if they can pronounce it. Uh, the official name of it is Hymen, uh, Hymenos... Sycophus fraxineus uh, is my best attempt. I've probably pronounced that incorrectly. But I have noticed around here in Tomb Grainy Scarf region, it has, it has come and it is there and it has killed uh, trees along the, along the roadside. What Pat Burke is talking about here is uh, plantations of ash that farmers and others would have planted on their lands um, being encouraged by the government and others to plant native hardwoods, uh, which is only to be encouraged, it has to be said, but unfortunately, a, a little bit like um, like the potato blight, a natural and the disaster, elm. and the elm disease, mm-hmm. the Dutch elm disease. And there's so many plant diseases out there, but... Uh, it has affected it has affected whole plantations and uh, i think pat burke now i p- comparing it to covid-19 isn't i think the best thing to do but it <laughs> obviously caps people you know yeah nothing yeah. compares to people dying with a disease but david it's an interesting point about the actual um, uh, ash dieback is that it, it seems to hit hit the younger trees more readily than the old yeah no, i have i have one yeah. above i have a tree above now in the garden a drooping a drooping ash and it's engaged i would say in a battle mm. with the with the, the disease parts of the tree seem to be holding out other parts seem to have seem to have given up so mm. to speak yeah, so yeah. That's what that that's what happens. The tree kind of half lives. Yes. Some some of the trees will completely die, with die it. away altogether. But it says here, ash dieback is more severe in wet sites, where yeah. it's more likely to cause co- uh, collar infections in ash trees. Yeah. Um, and and uh, Councillor Hayes um, wants, uh, well, Councillor Hayes and Councillor Burke want to see the implementation of the government's 
compensation scheme, which has been long announced, um, but has yet yeah. to see the light of day. And I think that's the point they're making. I'm sure the government are, are the, there's lots of steps that have to go, they go, they go through on this one and what has to be planted in its place. But what's in, no, there's an interesting point emerging about this. This is not a, a disease that is in, indigenous. It came in. in from Asia, Asia, yeah. It yeah, came you know? from Asia, according to this. In the year. 90s, yeah. yeah. And okay. it came into Ireland uh, through, wait for it, through imported ash. Absolutely. And it's remarkable for a country that has ash growing everywhere, and as, as, anybody, as any gardener knows, mm. seeds everywhere, yeah. very easily, without even asking it. Yeah. Um, that we had to import ash, ash trees into this country in the 1990s, and that's what brought the disease in. Yeah. But we live in a globalized world, and this is the thing, and we, if mm. we have a single market in particular, we're bound to have all these things coming in. Well, There's I know John Torp there at the time we were in Kikishan, the, the, the program there during the summer, John yeah. and, and he said he hated that. He hated he had a substantial uh, forestry of, yeah. uh, of ash put in. 20,000 trees, something he, like that. He, had yes. to cut them all. he was going to have to cut them all out. Yeah. Yeah. All okay. Back, yeah. I see, staying with the Clare Echo here uh, on the, the Arts and Entertainment page, but I suppose it's uh, it's to do with uh, a book. Uh, Parik has an interview with uh, um, Tomás Makanmara in relation to um, the... The headline, the connection with the Scarif Martyr is still strong 101 years on, and I suppose that's very true. Um, well, this is this is Tomás's book, which was launched uh, amid much fanfare here a few months back. Live and, on uh, Scarif Bay Live Community Radio. Live on Scarif Bay Community Radio. You were looking well that day, Jim. Um, <laughs> and sounding well, it has to be said, too. The Scarif Martyr's War, Murder and Memory in East Clare, and it's published by Mercer Press and is available in all good bookshops and probably online, too, from the publisher. Uh, a nice, I, I suspect a lot of people have it, but um, but it's still a nice Christmas present there for for people um, abroad, abroad who may very much. not have had an opportunity to yeah. pick it up themselves. Yeah. So, and I think books make a lovely uh, gift at Christmas time. Yeah. There's a long tradition, isn't there? There's really? a long, since there's we a long very tradition, young. and yeah. in the uh, the Clare Champions. Um, uh, Christmas shopping guide, which came out uh, a few weeks ago, and we didn't have time to cover it. That is a whole load of different uh, ideas and different shops and different presents, but uh, from from the county that can be availed of. But on page thirty-two of that supplement, uh, there is books for Christmas and uh, loads of books there to choose from. Uh, and we should mention the Ennis Bookshop, which has the advert, advert there in 13 Abbey Street, where I'm sure you can get all these books. Um, but the one I would pick out uh, is The Coastal Atlas of Ireland by Robert Devoy. And these are produced, you know, these atlas, these are the big atlases. One yeah. was produced in the Great Famine, another was the Irish Revolutionary Period. And um, there was another one. There was another one as well. Oh, Atlas of Rural of Rural Ireland, which mm. was the first one and one of the best, I think. But this is a new one now. Uh, the Coastal Atlas. It's produced by UCC Press, uh, ed edited by Robert Devoy and others, and it just looks at the Atlantic. You know, it just isolates the Atlantic and uh, people's lives and experiences. I think, Pat, you have a few more local books. Yeah, I, I just bought in the, the Glenwood Ambush book, if anybody wants it. It's, it's still available around uh, in, in, in Scarif, I think, down in Baines. And 
around these clear so uh, the Greenwood Ambush which was celebrated on that back in the end of October and uh, that book is still available at 10 euros so it's good value 10 euros if anyone is interested in, in history and it's a really well produced book yeah, yeah. No, I got one on the day and mm. really well produced mm. and then I just played another book here well it was, it was produced during the summer and it's the history of um, of um, local government in County Clare from 1570 to 2020 and it's by Dr. Matthew Potter and Dr. John Tracy. It's the story, the story of Clare and his people. And it's, it's 25 euros, and um, it's great value. Actually, I just went through a bit of it, but it's, it's a fabulous book. And there's some lovely, uh, some lovely stuff on the back along. And it gives a history of all the, the councillors. And even a council meeting back in, in the time of the War of Independence is in the front of it, and they're, they're sitting around the table, and, and the guns are left. <laughs> The guns are on, on up again, the, just in the shade above on Spencer Hill. <laughs> it's actually in the back and the front of it. Yeah. I know and John Tracy. John Tracy works for the council in charge of actually the graveyards, uh, the, whole, the entire county's graveyards. And would be a good person to have on the radio to, to figure out how do you actually administer a graveyard. But anyway, he is actually a historian. He did his PhD in Mary Immaculate College. And it's a lovely illustrated book. I've just opened page 18 and it's St. Flannan's Cathedral, a picture thereof. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a nice, again, a nice sort of stocking filler for somebody mm. interested in the county and its history. Mm-hmm. One of the, one How of much is it, by the way? 25 euro. 25 euro. One of the things that, you know, COVID has been, you know, a right nuisance, apart from the, uh, the, the, the very serious aspects of it, but so many things up and down the country have had to be cancelled or postponed or whatever. And Tulla is one of the areas because Tulla had a big... Um, celebration last year they had uh, 1400 1400 years and they were doing a huge celebration and that had to be put on ice but also I know we interviewed um, some members of the Tulla Soccer Club last year on their 50th anniversary and they had all sorts of plans as mm, well but mm, mm. Um, most of those you know had to would have had to be postponed but I see uh, there's a book out by Joe Murahertig more than a club, half a century of soccer in Tulla. Mm. And uh, it will be launched. Um, no, actually, it was launched last night, Saturday night, um, in Powerhouse in Tulla. But uh, really, it's, it's a, you know, I think we have to take our hat off to Tulla Soccer Club for the work that they do and the provision of facilities that they have. Well, they have marvellous facilities. Marvellous yeah. facilities, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they have two pitches. They have mm. a clubhouse. They have an, uh, an astroturf. Lights and lights, That's fantastic. Oh, yeah. yeah, and the cater- catering for young people. Yeah, very, yeah. very much. Very much. Yeah. 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 And, and not just young people in Tulla, but you know, in, in the in wider the area, in the wider region. Yeah. Mm. Um, so fair just, play to them. Just a few more um, uh, books there, and um, just we go through the, um, the, the names of them. Um, um, shared notes by Merton Hayes, which is a Merton, uh, well-known uh, musician, and he's a, uh, his book out as well. So, uh, what's the title book. of that book? Um, uh, uh, shared notes. Shared notes. Yeah, by Merton Hayes. Yeah, yeah. And then you have Merton um, Morrissey has his book out as well. So I suppose we'd have to give a plug to Merton, and we'll we sympathise with him on the death of his mother last week. And then you have uh, Peter O'Connell, his um, uh, clear. Game of My Life by Peter O'Connell. He, he interviews 30 of um, Clare's um, former hodlers. And uh, then you have another one on, on, on rugby. As uh, everyone knows, Keith Ellis from his days in the Irish in the Irish jersey. Uh, fight, fight or Flight, My Life, My Choice by Keith Ellis. So that's a, a book on 
and he had uh, some some issues, and uh, that's the book he has written as well. So, okay, then another book written. I, I'm trying to think of the name of it, John Ann Jones. Um, oh and, dear, and the name is gone. But Ann, um, originally from Scarif, and she wrote it with someone else. And I was I I had it in my hands the other day in in a bookshop, mm. and it's it's um it's a fascinating book and she talks to so many people either of County Clare or resident in County mm-hmm. Clare um, the name I, I think we had we actually mentioned it last week we did indeed yeah. yes yeah. we did indeed but anyway we'll we'll do a special on it mm. uh, down the line okay now uh, one of the things I suppose this time of the year uh, and we have mentioned them before the Samaritans because you know, for many people, Christmas is a great time, and then family and celebrations and people getting together. Uh, but for some people, um, it it maybe highlights some of the difficulties that they have. Yes, in page six, the dream of the of the Clare champion, uh, Owen Ryan have has the has the article there, and there's a picture of the Margaret McMahon branch uh, director of the Samaritans and. The volunteers Joe Lachlan, Kevin Phelan, uh, Mary Whittaker, and Nathan and Edna Hanterhan. And they're, um, they're appealing to anybody who has difficulties. And the, 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 the article is a very good one from online, just um, stating all the, what they have and, and, and the services they have. And anyone can, t- can contact the, the Samaritans free at any time, um, any phone, or 116123, even a mobile without credit. A number one store you anyone up you can you can uh, or you can email them as well. So hmm. just if anyone is in as issues that they should, that, that the Samaritans are there to help. Yes, and you're you're reading that on the Clare Champion. So I'm, the Clare Champion. I'm yeah, just yeah. looking at the Clare Echo and Parik has a a piece there on the Samaritans where they're urging owners of buildings to to light them with with a green colour. Um, and, and there's a photograph here of, you know, like a large wall beside a building and it's lit up in green as a as a sort of a sign to, yeah. I suppose, to light yeah. in the darkness. Yes, yeah, and the, 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 the county council officers headquarters in Innes is going to be lit up in green as well and active in this little complex and uh, the youth centre. Yeah. Um, you know, and there'll be more buildings, I think, uh, prominent buildings in the town eliminated as well for Christmas. Yes, and the director of um, so, uh, Solidarity with, uh, with him, yeah. Yeah, Margaret McMahon, the the, the um, director of the Samaritans who's been on Scarif Bay uh, a few times and she says how difficult the year has been uh, for many, many people. people yeah. Okay, let's have a look at some of the East Clare uh, news. And I see one item there where uh, an 18... 18 apartments in Scarif, uh, the council plan to build them. Mm. And that's presumably on the Fecal Road where uh, the council own the property there. Yeah, this is Fiona McGarry has this uh, on page 13, the East East and South East Clare page. Um, Clare County Council is proposing to build 18 new homes in Scarif and a part eight application is now at the public consultation phase. The apartment development at Ballymanogue Water Park will be situated along the Scarif stream. Well, it's on the Fecal Road. It's on the Fecal Road. We just say to Fiona that it's actually a river, not, <laughs> uh, not a stream. Anyway, and have a mix of one, two and three bed units, a total of 27 car parking spaces 
are also proposed. The authority's application states that an environmental impact assessment, because it's right on the river, which of course is well, a sensitive there area. Is, there's a stream running across into the river. Uh, is that called the Scarif stream? That's, that's probably the stream she's talking about, isn't it? Well, locally, the one that crosses the river. Yeah, yeah, the road. Yeah. Locally, yeah. it would be known as the Lane River. Yeah. The, Lane the Lane River. river. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So not even a stream either. <laughs> <laughs> See, we have very highfalutin ideas about yeah. ourselves here in Scarif. Hmm. Anyway, uh, an environmental impact assessment screening determination has been made and concludes that there is no real likelihood of significant effects on the environment arising from the proposed development. So, um, uh, it, it, it goes on and Fiona talks about the application and, and what it might entail. But interestingly, uh, it, 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 would, it is on the river and they're proposing um, bringing along the existing path and people from Scarif will know the existing path leading from the Riverside Park uh, near the mart there, this path would be continued um, into this development and that a public space, there is a space um, that will be not developed, but that, as it says here, will have the potential to be used for other uses to comply with the development plan. So potentially they're talking about an, a community orchard, which is a lovely idea, or a community garden, a picnic area, um, or, or chessboard games table. So a, a public amenity, which would be mm -hmm. nice to see. And it, it's a very scenic part. So I hope the council is sensitive in the architecture it, it has here and, and what it Well, uh, there's an invitation to actually make observations, as a member of the public, to make observations on it. Yes, the so pu public uh, public submissions on the housing plan are being accepted up to January 21st. That gives nearly another month. Yes, and yeah. the council has mm. given January 28th as an indicative decision date. Yeah, it would be, nice would be nice to see, um, as a citizen, uh, what the design uh, they have in mind. Mm. Okay? Yeah, we should look it up. Presumably you can go on to the website and to the council's website. And, and it's it's going to connect as well with both proposed uh, walks in around um, the Scarif and beyond and also, of course, uh, an existing uh, town park yeah. which is the other side of the mart but there is a connecting uh, it is. It will be connected by a bridge to the to the new area. So uh, mm. it is important. Mm. I think it's it's mm. something that people who live there or will live there. Mm. Jim, um, it's, it's not. A, it's, it's a fabulous amenity. It's not the actual Lower Canada, sure. It's not. No, <laughs> that's across the road, isn't it? I think that that's across the just road. just immediately yes. across the road. Yes. Yeah. Lower. Yeah. Now you <coughs> coming up from Cork wouldn't be off a. <laughs> Yeah, w wouldn't be au fait. You'll have to. You'll have to tell me about that. On yeah. the there, there was there was a gentleman in Fiegel, uh who decided he'd uh, help his tenants to to to, to have, get a, to have a, a long term holiday in Absolutely. Canada. Absolutely, it, it was a land clearance uh, yeah, project, yeah. and some people took the money, went to Canada. Some people didn't go to Canada. They came to Scarif and set up abodes against the, the, the hill in the area we're talking about. Hence Lower Canada. Hence Lower Very Canada. good. Very okay, nice. listen, Very nice. we're, we're nearly there at the end of our show today. A couple of things. Uh, when, uh, if you're sitting at home, uh, listening, having a cup of tea and listening to this programme, maybe you might, um, when we've gone off the air, if you get up and take a drive down uh, in East Clare to the harbour in Scarif, and you will find uh, the elves will arrive. Um, Pat, or um, Jim, uh, our independent uh, TD, uh, Michael, 
McNamara. Uh, uh, raised a, an issue in the Dáil during the week about the failure to um, have ordinary cash accepted uh, as payment for his driving licence. Yes. Really? Were you aware of that? No, I was not. Well, it's there in the... In, in the have a look at it. Uh, I, thought, I thought you were going to say the elves stole I the know, cash. But, but I was just... <laughs> I finished finish with the elves. Uh, at half three, the elves are arriving and they seem to be doing an aerial dance down at the harbour. Well, shop. that's surely a sight worth... And, and it's free. It is free. It's free. And then you can toddle down to Killaloo and there's a light show in Killaloo organised by Smith O'Brien's G.A. Yeah. And where it'll be, it's kind of like a St. Patrick's Day parade, yeah. except it's a parade of Christmas lights um, with various floats and right. vehicles and whatnot. But it looks, yeah, that's interesting in relation to Michael. One or two other things, and I'm conscious I'm rushing everybody because we're nearly there, but uh, there's a full, on page 41 of the Clare Record, there's a full page article on Nula's with a picture of Nula herself and uh, the premises which looks very well and uh, Stuart Holly has it there and uh, Nula ha- is talking about uh, the business she has there and the very successful business which is um, in which which he's got yeah it's a lot it's by Stuart Holly and it's I think Nula articulates why certain pubs like hers survive uh, that made the shift to food, essentially. I think that was the saviour of it, as she points it out. She points out that there were three pubs in Tumgraney when she took up the business in the 1990s. Now she's the only one. How many pubs were in, in, in Scarif in 1920? I have no idea. Guess. I'd say 20. You're very hot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I but see, on page, um, what is it, 233, uh, there's some fabulous photos of uh, Tumgraney at night. Uh, in with with the various things, Christmas lights in Tumgraney, taken by our own Luke Fleming, but uh, fabulous photos of Tumgraney, which looks very well this year, I'll have to say. It looks well and every year, Jim. Yes, mm. that's a lovely one there on the East Clare page of the of the Scarlet Bay Radio, uh, oh. and they're very relaxed. Jim 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 Collins, uh, Tom Henley, and the secretary Marie McNamara, and they're promoting the calendar. There. So we're we're urging people, still urging people, to go out and buy their calendars and send them on, send them on to their friends in America and England. And they're great value, Pat. And I mean, uh, marvelous value. value yeah. Five euro. Yeah. At five euro, yeah. And, and we haven't that many left now. I mean, well, they're getting scarce. They are getting they're scarce. scarce. Yeah, yeah so they've been a huge demand from during the week. It exceeded yeah. all expectations. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, anyone that wants to get go out and, and 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 they're supporting the radio as well, and it actually it's it's uh, it's given. It's given a bit of, uh, what you call, uh, airtime to the radio as well. Yeah, Some lovely photos. Uh, Jim, I've never yeah. seen the studio looking so tidy. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at page 18 of the Clare Record. Fleming elected <laughs> to UL Governing Authority. <laughs> and a, a, a rather serious <laughs> photograph there. Serious looking photo. I'll tell you the origin of that. That <laughs> photograph was taken in Montana. <laughs> and they, they, uh, I don't know how they got it, but um, obviously Porig, being the investigative journalist that he is, was able to source it. But uh, yes. that is was the, not the, my, not my best photograph, but yeah. uh, not bad. No. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we've come to the end of the show, uh, Janice. Many thanks again for for joining us. Welcome, Jim. And Pat O'Brien. Pat, thank you. Uh, thanks, Jim. And David Fleming, fresh from Montana. 
And off and to see the elves now in a half an hour. And off to see the elves. Okay, thank you very much for, for joining us today. Uh, we'll finish with a piece of music. Pat, you must have something chosen oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, that we'll play out on. We'll have David, David Essex with A Winter's Tale. Oh, absolutely. Lovely song. Okay, that's the end of the show. Join us again 2 o'clock next uh, week, next Tuesday. Uh, goodbye and God bless.